You are listening to episode number 85 of Fertile Minds Radio, and I'm your host, Hilary Talbot Rowland. If you are looking for holistic wisdom and a plan to reclaim your fertility to help you create a healthy family for generations to come, you're in the right place. This is Fertile Minds Radio. How are you? Happy New Year. I have missed you guys. I hope you had a great New Year celebration. I definitely enjoyed myself and I did it completely sober for the second time in a row. And this year was particularly awesome because I didn't even think about wanting a glass of champagne. So I just wanted to mention that because I know that a lot of my listeners had to abstain from libation and excess celebration because of your fertility journey. And then I know for many of us, that can be a sticking point. So I hope you found it as blissful as other years that involved alcohol and were able to fully celebrate and look forward to 2020 with a positive outlook. So Today's episode is a very important topic and close to my heart, and it is what my mentor calls the total ecology of women's health. And in a nutshell, that's really the foundation of how and what I practice in my wellness center and what I preach on this podcast. And it's why I take money out of my own pocket to produce this podcast each month for the past two years, because I feel so strongly that the type of information that I'm getting to you around the total well-being of your health is so, so needed. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen and educate yourself, because if you're not doing anything with the information that I'm giving out, it doesn't even matter. So even if you don't fully understand this concept of total ecology of health yet, I'm willing to bet on some level in your mind you already do, or you wouldn't have clicked on this podcast episode. So before we start down this road of what total ecology of health is and what it has to do and why it matters with your fertility, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners Uh, Susie PV left us an awesome review on iTunes that said, it may be strange to say, but these podcasts are relaxing. Her voice, her gratitude, her expert guests all form an educational listen. On top of that, I feel a kind of relief after listening. I learn something new and I come away feeling understood as a woman. Oh my gosh, Susie, thank you so much for leaving that review. If you're listening, and I hope that you are, just a little shout out to you because I know that you took time to leave that review and it means the world to me to help me understand what's working for you about this podcast. And all of you that are out there in fertility land, I I know that there's just so many topics that we could touch on. So when you leave a review and you tell me what you liked most, it helps me to guide the show. And if you are listening and you haven't left a review yet, I would ask a favor that you just take a couple minutes out of your day and do that wherever you listen to your podcast. And the reason for that is not only for my own gratification, but that the more, the more podcasts that are being 
published, which is awesome. But a lot of them are being published by big conglomerates and smaller podcasts like this one are getting harder and harder for new listeners to find. So positive reviews are the main way that we continue to show up in the algorithm when someone types in fertility. So please, if you have benefited from this podcast, please take a quick minute and leave a review wherever you listen. And if you want to know about something that we haven't talked about yet, don't hesitate to send me an email to hillary at ladypotions.com or find me over on Instagram, which is the social media channel that I am most present in. And you can do that by following me at ladypotions, the number four and the letter U, ladypotions for you. Okay. So when I was writing this episode, the total ecology of health and why it matters to your fertility at the end of 2019, start of 2020, I was also in a place of deep reflection about why I do what I do. And it all ties in. So I was thinking a lot about what I've accomplished and what I really want to bring forth to the masses in 2020. So if you are new to the podcast, this is a perfect way to get a bird's eye view of what we talk about in regards to holistic fertility on the show. And if you're an avid listener, it's going to be a good episode to pick up a deeper understanding of our interconnectedness and how and why our own health intertwines with the health of this planet. And when I was reflecting, I came to the conclusion that The biggest thing that I do day in and day out is really educate my clients and listeners on how to take the best care of themselves physically and mentally and emotionally so that you can restore your fertility. And really, I'm an educator for three reasons. The first one is that I truly, deep down, and I think I've always believed this, but working with my clients and seeing their resilience and their ability to heal and to go on and create life has just reinforced this over the last 15 years. But I really believe that humans have an innate and fundamental capacity to heal and that we sometimes just need to be reminded how to heal or to have a trusted person outside our bubble shine a light as to which direction to go first. And I think that it is our responsibility to take care of ourselves as individuals to better the whole. And so we have to tap into this fundamental capacity that we have to heal in order to do that. It's no one else's responsibility except ours. The second reason is the group that I teach, which are mothers and um, especially preconception or will be mothers like you out there. You are my greatest advertisers. Um, You model how to take care of yourself for your children. So essentially, as a healthcare practitioner, I get a two-for-one on how many lives I can affect by teaching a mother how to best care for herself. And even a three-for-one, if you consider that our genetic expression has the potential to affect the next two generations. So think about that for a second. Yes, you were in your maternal grandmother's womb at one point as a germ cell of an egg inside your mother. You were exposed to her genetics, her thoughts, her feelings, even though you were just the very beginnings of an egg at that point. Nonetheless, you were imprinted with your grandmother's essence long before you were inside your mother's womb, absorbing her biochemical reactions. So we really do pass down these um, epigenetics or how the environment causes our genetics to turn on and off to two generations at a time. 
And the third reason why I educate in this way is kind of selfish. Um, and that's because the kind of medicine that I practice, traditional Chinese medicine, has to do with living in harmony with Mother Earth and protecting this miracle of a planet that we have been blessed with. The basis of TCM sites that everything is interconnected and the systems within our bodies are connected to one another, human beings are connected to one another, both socially and in the collective unconsciousness. And we are in fact connected with every living thing on this planet. And we are sadly at a tipping point, if you will, or a threshold of whether or not the human species will continue to thrive on this planet and be able to reproduce on its own without the help of science within the next 100 years. The rapidly rising rates of infertility are proof of that. And because the infertility rates are increasing at such dramatic levels in both men and women, it cannot be purely genetic. The changes that are happening are so fast, it's too, ha it's too fast to be evolution. It is without a doubt in mostly in part because of our environment. So it is the combination of the exposome or essentially everything we are exposed to externally and internally and how our systems are reacting to this kind of chemical stress that triggers our genes to turn on and off and make up the concept of the total ecology of health. And that is what we are passing down to our future generations. And unfortunately, our future generations more and more are coming up infertile. So I want to see this planet thrive. I want to see Mother Gaia restored to health for our children and our grandchildren to be able to thrive off and live in harmony with. And so that's why I teach what I teach and teaching health in a holistic manner. And the term total ecology of health, I totally cannot take credit for. It was coined by one of my mentors, Dr. Aviva Ram. And I took a deep dive with her into this concept of functional medicine for women and what science is, cause, what science is ca calling the exposome when I studied with her all last year in a 10-month professional development course. And during this time, I had some really interesting aha moments comparing the concept of the total ecology of health back to what traditional medicine and Ayurveda have been saying for the last 3,000 years. We are all interconnected. What we are exposed to physically, emotionally, and even mentally in the conscious collective makes a difference in our health and our ability to conceive. I think it might be my most favorite time in all of history to be a healthcare practitioner because it seems as if all of the fields of medicine are kind of racing towards one another and finally understanding that we are saying the same thing just in a different way. And now we have science to prove the wisdom tradition. And I hope that we can out, like, outrun this epidemic of infertility and actually save our species. I know that sounds grim. I promise it's not going to be this dark for the whole episode. I'm going to give you some takeaways that you can apply as soon as today to, to really right this ship and feel good about what you're doing. And also maybe add it to your why of why you're taking care of yourself and fostering your own health um, on your journey to get pregnant is it's important to have a place for all of us to call home. 
In today's episode, I also want to dive a little deeper into this concept about what the exposome is. That's really what we're going to be doing because this is the part that you have control over in terms of exposure to endocrine disrupting chemicals. And I want you to walk away feeling empowered instead of overwhelmed. So I know that it can seem like everywhere that you turn, you are potentially utilizing something that can undermine your health. And it can also kind of get you into this place of internal defeat if you're not careful. Um, But I'm here to tell you that we can absolutely prevail. It does not have to be hard. It does not have to be expensive. And our children really need us to guide this way. And most of all, our planet needs us to do this. So In order to understand this whole idea of total ecology, you really have to understand the definition of health. And the definition of health that you relate with is really important when it comes to fertility. So for instance, allopathic medicine or Western medicine defines health as the absence of a diagnosable disease. And if you think about that, that definition was totally fine 150 to 200 years ago at the advent of Western medicine because life was a lot different and getting a diagnosis meant a better treatment plan. Now you fast forward to a life of overburden of chemicals and too many stimuli and a broken food chain and infiltrated public water supply. And this definition has become not only outdated, but sort of laughable and really a disservice to Western medicine because chronic disease far surpasses acute illness in terms of just getting a diagnosis and moving on. Chronic illness is lurking long before a diagnosis is given and is really the problem with our health as a society. And I think that this guiding principle of health in Western medicine is also why so many women are dismissed by their healthcare providers when they go in with a long list of complaints. If you don't fit the parameters to be quote unquote diagnosed, they can check the box for your insurance company and bill it. We're told that we're fine or that it's all in our heads or there's nothing they can do because it doesn't make sense yet. And this is really complete and utter BS. This is what contributes to why one in four women in the U.S. are on an antidepressant. It contributes to the pain pill epidemic, and in some ways, the drastic rise of IVF, because no one's looking at the underlying cause of why we're infertile. We're just skipping to, let's let science do it for us and worry about the repercussions later. So... I want people to be empowered to work with their providers to look for a root cause and try and head off disease before you hit that parameter of diagnosis. This definition doesn't allow us to prevent chronic disease, which is a plague that will take humans down in places like the United States. As little as 60 years ago, 16% of the adult population had a chronic disease. So, I'm 40. My parents are in their 60s. When they were born, only 16% of the adult population had a chronic disease. In 2012, in the U.S., it was estimated that 46% of the pediatric population had a chronic disease. 
this is what I'm talking about in regards to genetics and our environment, that it cannot be evolution. It is too fast. It has happened in one to two generations. It has to be environmental. Science doesn't support that quick of a change in our biology. So this is where the idea of the exposome comes into play. What we are being exposed to that is overburdening our bodies to this degree is the culprit. This has a great deal to do with infertility because your body truly wants to conceive when it's healthy. That's one of the main things that as a mammal, we are programmed to do, make more humans, right? It's in our brain. It's as primal as it gets. And so when we see this as a problem, especially in males that are designed to make new sperm every 90 to 120 days, and we have the fastest declining sperm concentrations on the planet ever in the history of humans that is becoming an epidemic, that's a real problem. They were designed biologically by nature and its infinite wisdom to bounce back, and they're not. So... For eons, we've looked at the woman and just said, if you can't have a baby, it's the woman's fault. And that's programmed on us too. But really in the last 10 years and really only in the last five have they admitted this is an epidemic. This will lead to the demise of the human species if we're not careful. So the other definition of health in more traditional forms of medicine, like Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine, Divine health, define health as a balance between body, mind, and spirit and social well-being for the individual as well as the collective. Now think about that for a minute. The definition of health from the world's wisdom traditions is what we need as a global prescription, a balance between the body, mind, spirit, and social well-being for the individual as well as the collective. That is the total ecology of women's health when we are well. If you are taking care of the planet, if you're taking care of the collective, you could essentially wipe out most of the endocrine disruptors on this planet by simply focusing on, on the chemicals that are harming us. And this is just looking at the ones that aren't permanent, right? Because there's a lot of chemicals out there that we can't get rid of. And there's more and more being developed every single day. And if we can just stop their production, that alone would help future generations. So taking care of the health and the planet is a fertility treatment for our future generations as far as I'm concerned. The two go hand in hand when I look at it from a bird's eye view. One of the main principles in TCM that pertains to illness, especially chronic illness, which, which, which infertility certainly is, it comes down to this concept of stress and terrain. So we have to talk about stress first, and then we'll go into terrain so that you can understand what I mean. And stress can come in different forms. I think of stress as an unmet want or need. And there is a physical stress when the body is not getting what it needs in terms of phytonutrients and hydration and sleep. And then there's an, a mental emotional stress when there is an unmet need, usually in regards to an unmet expectation or a communication or thought error. So these are things that cause us to be stressed. And based on how our terrain is 
designed, so our biology, what we get passed down to us kind of dictates whether one stressor will be the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Like why can one person overcome a certain stressor that another can't like, so for instance, in places where you have a toxic water supply from runoff from a factory, you might have some people that fall ill and develop cancer while other people in their house don't. This comes down to the concept of terrain. So terrain is what our capacity as a human being is in both the physical and mental emotional realms, essentially what we're born with or what we're given from our parents. And in this way, it's important to understand that we are not all created equal. I'll say that again. We are not created equal when it comes to our terrain. We each have a different makeup when it comes to what our tipping points are in regard to health and disease, largely in part to what your parents gave you and the TCM concept of what we call jing or essence. Essentially, this is what they pass down genetically. So if you think about your body at birth as the plot of land that we're gifted to tend the rest of our lives. It's easy to understand just how different we all are, like different geographical places. What we're given genetically is only part of the picture. How we take care of our plot of land or our body is the other piece. So are you exposing it to toxic chemicals, farming it without rest, you know, going, 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 burning the candle at both ends? Because if so, what you will produce will not be of the highest quality. You might have trouble with yield and or producing another human. So on the flip side, you can have a piece of land that looks like it would never breathe life and you can nurture and care for it and restore it until it becomes fertile. It just needs a little extra loving care and attention. So maybe things that don't necessarily check the box in that Western disease model, right? We have to go back to the wisdom tradition uh, in terms of taking care of all of the bodies and looking at the person as a collective, just like you would look at the piece of land as the whole environment, not just the dirt, right? So I'm trying to say is that we don't all fit in the same box. And what our parents and grandparents were exposed to shows up and how we are defined at birth. And then it's up to us what we do to take care of it. And this is important to understand because when you're struggling with fertility, it can seem like you're doing all of the things right. And why is somebody else suddenly magically pregnant? And this can be kind of a reason why you don't know what genetics they got. You don't know what they're grandparents and their parents were exposed to. And I think just understanding this concept kind of helps you take yourself off the hook a bit and helps you understand that maybe you need a little bit extra loving care. I did not win the genetic lottery, so to speak. I've got, you know, my biological father was obese, like on, like over 400 pounds most of my life, cardiovascular disease, um, four blockages in the heart, diabetes, blood clots, pulmonary embolisms, Alzheimer's on both sides of my family, uh, autoimmune on both sides of my family, cancer, my mother, breast cancer, uh, pre-ovarian cancer. So like I knew growing up, like I had to write the ship, so to speak. I had to tend my 
earth, my what I was given, my plot of land, my body, I had to tend to it more than most. And that's probably what shaped me to be the provider that I am and see it from all these views. But I just want you to know that I understand that you won a child yesterday if you're listening to this podcast, right? Like it's already been too long if you're listening to my voice. But I also know deep down, you probably wouldn't have a child at any cost if it meant knowing you could create one that was more likely to get sick, to have chronic illness early in life or worse, be even infertile and experience what you are now experiencing. So I want you to change your mantra from I want a baby to I want to create the healthiest life possible and I'm willing to wait as long as it takes to do that. So how do we do this? How do we affect our own ecology and that of our one day children? We start by eliminating the body burden where we can. Humans in developed nations are exposed to more chemicals than ever before. It's estimated that we have more than 22 plastics in our bloodstreams than our parents did at our age. And a frightening 2009 study of cord blood from new babies found 232 toxic chemicals in the umbilical cords of babies. These are the chemicals that made it across the placental barrier during pregnancy. So you can imagine how many more they are then exposed to once they come out into our big, beautiful world and how many more chemicals we unknowingly pass to them in our breast milk. And I'll link to the studies on the the page for this because I know for some of you, you want to go do a deep dive and I totally honor that and encourage you to do that. This isn't just like, crazy statistics I'm pulling out of the air. These are founded in science. So I promised you this wouldn't be all doom and gloom and that you would walk away with this episode with a plan. And then I wanted you to empower you to take control of your total ecology of fertility. So here are my six suggestions for reducing your toxic body burden and improving your fertility. Number one, eat organic. This prevents exposure to pesticides, herbicides, antibiotics, and a myriad of other chemicals found in the U.S. food supply. It also prevents you from being exposed to other chemicals that are banned in the U.S., but not in others, as many fruits and veggies are imported from other countries. So if you think eating organic fruits and veggies is too expensive, which I understand. I've seen some outrageous prices from time to time. I think I just walked past a pint of organic blackberries that was like six bucks. And not only did I salivate because I love blackberries, but I walked right past them because that's kind of crazy. Um, if, if you're seeing stuff that's out of your price range, I want you to at very least make sure that you are getting clean dairy and meat that is organic because fat is where all the toxins in any mammal's body is deposited. So remember that I said breast milk is another way that we pass on toxicity. And I'm not saying don't breastfeed, like please breastfeed as long as you can, Um, but be as healthy, continue to be as healthy with what you put in your body while you are breastfeeding because breast milk is comprised primarily of fat. So if we're taking in toxic chemicals, we are passing them right along. The same thing happens in dairy because it's the milk of mammals. And then also in um, cuts of meat, especially the fattier cuts of meat. Um, The other thing that I want you to do is familiarize yourself with the environmental working groups, Dirty Dozen. Uh, These are the 12 most likely produce items to show up with 
chemicals and pesticides on them. And these are the ones that you should buy organic if you need to eat them or just say like, Hey, I'm not going to eat that right now if I can't afford it organic and go towards the clean 15 when it comes to fruits and veggies. Um, we talk about this in great depth in my seasonal cleanses and many of the recipes are actually comprised of the clean 15. So you can start to develop a repertoire of recipes with foods that you don't have to consume at an increased organic price if price is an issue. The Dirty Dozen are strawberries, spinach, kale, peaches, nectarines, apples of all kinds, blueberries, cherries, pears, tomatoes, celery, and white potato. So this includes french fries. If you're eating out, avoid these foods unless you know you're eating in a restaurant that prides itself on serving locally sourced organic options. Now, the clean 15 that you want to go towards, you don't necessarily have to spend your precious pennies on buying organic because they typically do not show up um, with as many chemicals as the others do, are avocados, um, pineapple, sweet peas, onions, papaya, eggplants, asparagus, kiwi, cabbage, cauliflower, cantaloupe, broccoli, mushroom, honeydew melon, and sweet corn. However, with corn, I tend to avoid corn because it's often genetically modified, which is another problem. I tend to avoid all products that are genetically modified. So gluten, corn, soy, and uh, sugar from beets, all of those are genetically modified unless you see the stamp that they are not genetically modified until we can get legislature that informs us if something is in fact genetically modified. Unfortunately, you have to assume the worst. So number two, use environmentally friendly cosmetics and body products. Lead, heavy metals, and urine from animals are just a few of the not so nice things that regularly test positive in women's beauty products. Because the Beauty Act hasn't been touched since the 30s, it's the wild, wild west when it comes to what can be included in your beauty products. And this seems suspect in so many ways that I won't rant about at the moment. Like, why wouldn't we protect women from harmful chemicals, That especially when women breed all life? Um, but like I said, I won't go on that rant because that could be a whole other podcast. But I want to remind you that you have power as a consumer where you spend your money. You just have to be informed as to what you will not buy and stop lathering your body with products that are full of known carcinogen and endocrine disruptors. So if you haven't heard these terms before, carcinogens means cancer-causing. Endocrine disruptor is a chemical that disrupts all the hormones in your body. So you can see where this relates to fertility. Um, I encourage you to check out the campaign for safe cosmetics. Um, you can find all of their links on, um, throughout the week on social media, as I link to this in these posts. Um, and you can also find them in the show notes for this episode on ladypotions.com. But that is a great place to look for clean beauty products, as well as the environmental working group. You can go back to the environmental working group to look for those, um, dirty dozen and clean 15 that I mentioned earlier. Um, and then you can also consider buying from some of my favorite clean beauty warriors, like the detox market or the organic bunny or the citrine beauty bar in Arizona. 
Um, all of those are places where I have gotten amazing um, foundation and eyeliner and mascara and moisturizer and facial cleanser and shampoos and had really good luck because they vet them first and they are super clean. They are things that you don't have to worry about wreaking havoc on your health. So my suggestion is that you start a little bit at a time because it could be expensive to overhaul your entire bathroom at once and just pick the products that you use most regularly and start there. And if you're looking for lower cost, convenient, and um, on the cheaper side of things when it comes to beauty products, Target, I saw the other day, actually carries Honest Beauty products, and I love their brand. I actually use their tinted primer instead of foundation most days of the week, and I love it. Um, and if this is a place where you're like, okay, I've overhauled my food, I avoid plastic, and I do all the, I do all the things, but I have yet to go through my bathroom, I did two entire episodes on clean beauty products, and so you can go back and listen to those of my specific recommendations for everything that you would find in my bathroom, um, as well as looking at the show notes and links to where you can find them. All right. Number three way to empower yourself and what you can start with today is you can make a commitment to avoid all plastic beverage bottles. Most plastic bottles leach endocrine disrupting chemicals into your water and other beverages. So switch to a glass bottle or a hydro flask and carry it with you. It's a little bit of work. It takes some planning to get used to this new habit, but it's way less work than enduring fertility treatments or fighting cancer. So I don't think I'm being overdramatic here because we have to take in a lot of water. That's another thing that you need to do in order to help uh, your body and its natural ability to detox itself, which it was made to do. It's doing every second of every moment of your life is trying to rid yourself of this body burden and it needs water to do that. Um, and in my opinion, it needs about half your body weight in ounces in water each day. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you should aim for 75 ounces of clean filtered water a day. My teenager, by the way, totally thinks I'm like a Visco girl. One day, he's going to thank me for my wisdom of always saying, no, you can't buy, you can't buy water in plastic. Here's a hydroplask. He's, he's totally mortified now. But later, he'll realize I was right. So filtering your water is number four. This is a really important part. Um, flashback to chemistry class if you took chem. Water is the ultimate solvent, meaning that it has the ability to take on properties easily of what it's exposed to because it breaks down other organics easily. So I highly encourage you to get a Berkey water filter for your home and office, if at all possible. They are a little bit on the pricier side, but they have four filters. So they have carbon filters as well as filters that take out um, chlorine and fluoride, pesticide, and even pharmaceuticals, which... Uh, all water supply in the U.S. has been found to have many, many pharmaceuticals in it, ranging from antidepressants to opioids to birth control. So just trying to increase your water supply and drinking tap water can actually work against you, sadly, because we have not mandated how our water is filtered. If you don't believe me, go on um, Environmental Working Group ewg.org. There is an interactive water map and you can see what your potential exposure is to harmful chemicals based on your zip code. I know we have a few in Florida, but it was so sad when I looked up at Michigan where I'm from and it was like one 
solid purple blue dot. Like it was like, I couldn't even find a piece of white in this state that wasn't exposed. And it just made me like cry inside. Like how have we done this to our most vital asset of, of water? Like your body, like you can go without food. You can't go without water. And we have running water, which is great. Like I'm not trying to like complain about first world problems, especially if you've been to places where running water is not a thing, you know, that that's an even bigger problem, but it's like, we have taken this for granted and we don't even understand what we're doing. And this is something that I think needs to be taken very seriously because if you want to see all out annihilation on the planet and go for a water shortage, that would be like the end of civilized actions with one another. So number five, green up your home. All right. Fabric protected chemicals and flame retardants are just two classes of seriously harmful toxins that are built into your beds, your sofas, carpeting, and other building materials. I just went through this when we remodeled my husband's childhood home. My contractor thought I was nuts because I was asking for like, does this have flame retardant on it? Like, can we get environmentally friendly insulator in our walls? Um, like I got noise deafening, um, panels that I put in my office so that I could record when the kids were home. And I wanted to make sure that it was environmentally sound when I sourced it. And my floors were made from, um, something that was sustainable like bamboo. And I have to tell you, like, there's a big difference of how I feel in this house than how I felt in my last house in terms of just fatigue and being, um, kind of congested all the time. So God knows what I was inhaling in that old rental house. So it is important if you're redoing your house, whether you're just replacing some basic furniture or some drapes, um, I encourage you to source out not only environmentally friendly, but things that don't have harsh chemicals added to them. Um, also when you're cleaning, if you can try and be sure to avoid chlorines and bleaches, which break down into dioxins, which are endocrine disruptors, as well as going overboard with antibacterial products, um, those are known endocrine disruptors as well. So all my healthcare peeps that work at hospitals that are listening and you have to wash your hands with that, like crazy soap that you can smell for days, that is an endocrine disruptor as well. So if you, I know that you can't get around that working in a hospital. So if you have to, you know, go crazy on everything else that you're exposed to, you're at least minimizing uh, your burden to that one thing. Um, what you clean your house with leaves a residue when it's inhaled or soaked up through the skin of all of its inhabitants. So this isn't just about you and your fertility. This is about your baby crawling on the floor and you know their skin absorbing everything, or their you know their precious lungs taking it in, and your pets, you know, and your partner. Like these are these are big deals that we take for granted because we think that we've just been kept safe and we're not. Um, so you can with a little bit of effort on your own, also make super inexpensive cleaning products with like things like vinegar and water work really well. A lot of refillable environmentally safe places are popping up in, in cities to try and encourage um, clean household products. I know here in St. Petersburg, Florida, we have the Sands Market. I love you guys. Um, 
and you just bring in your bottles. You can buy glass bottles there. And then they have all the things in bulk to just fill up all your cleaning products. Uh, and that's a great resource um, to do. And then, you know, I'm totally guilty of ordering stuff on Amazon, but big carbon footprint there. So if I can go local and save that footprint, it's also a win for the environment. Um, the EWG is constantly updating and great its grading system and household cleaners. And, you know, this is a warning that can be like a whole time suck of a day of getting stuck in like your favorite cleaning products and realizing like sometimes the same company will have ones that are in A and B and clean. And then sometimes they'll have ones that are D and F. So for instance, there's certain products like in Myers that I like um, and certain ones that I refuse to use, like their fabric softener, because it's in D, I believe, at my last check. Um, so one of my favorite environmentally friendly cleaning products that allows me to stay on top of everything in the house and just kind of wiping down are Norwex towels and mop heads. They have colloidal silver in them, so they don't actually... Um, harbor bacteria with on the cloth so you can kind of reuse it and rinse it out over and over and then you throw it in the wash like once a week and I can't tell you how much this cuts down on like antibacterial wipes um, and paper towels which is huge because most of those are bleached so if you know somebody that sells Norwax I do not I get them from a friend I don't make any money off of like recommending this. Um, but if you haven't tried them, I really think that they're awesome. And even though they're a little pricey up front, they save you money in the back end. I use them to clean my entire house with four boys and my office and they're great. And then the final tip that I have for you is number six, manage your terrain with stress reducing practices like meditation and thought management. So the more that you practice mindfulness, the less reactive you are. And when you're less reactive, we are less likely to harbor negative biochemical responses. In other words, be mindful of what you put in your mind, not just in your body, because it can have a real effect on your biochemistry. Because again, it's all connected, right? So if you are an avid listener, you know that there's a lot of meditations on this podcast. There's a lot of coaching episodes of how to manage your own thoughts. And this is part of the exposome internally, right? So we have the external exposome and then we have the internal exposome or rather the stories that we're telling ourselves about what's happening to us. And these are things that you have complete control over. And once you learn to meditate, once you learn the practice of being mindfulness and self-coaching and thought management, you own those for the rest of your life. So a little bit investment on your time in terms of learning how to do that and then commitment to yourself to carry that practice throughout your day and teach it to your kids is really one of the biggest ways that we're going to change the world for the better. It's how you are going to see the change by being it. So I hope that this episode has helped you to gain a better understanding of just how connected all the parts of the internal and external environment are when it comes to health and our total ecology of fertility. I truly hope that has inspired you to go on a lifelong learning quest to tend to your own terrain and to be accepting of what terrain that you were given and to just learn how to nurture it in a way to allow it to rise to its best version and understanding that what you allow in is a stressor 
whether that's a chemical or an onslaught of negative thinking, is completely up to you. It's 100% controllable. You absolutely have the power to change your own ecology and enhance your fertility and the health of your one-day child and maybe grandchild and our planet. So thank you for taking the time to learn about your fertility and how it relates to the planet at large because we owe it to our first mother, Mother Earth, to teach our offspring how to take care of her, how to reverse the damage that we've unwittingly contributed to, and that's already been done. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Hey, if you like this podcast and want to take it the work deeper, I invite you to join me for my winter fertility cleanse. It's five days of fertile friendly recipes, five hours of coaching on what it means to cleanse and how to do it safely when you're trying to conceive. It'll jumpstart your relationship to food and your fertility. Head over to ladypotions.com to sign up. We start January 25th.